Welcome to the Y Carp Why Not Podcast. This is episode 37. Best kept secrets to healthy modern living. I'm your host Yossi Carp, and let's talk about technology, writing, gadgets, gizmos, and the stuff of life that makes it interesting. I took a break for a few weeks, but I'm back now, and I have a mind-blowing interview that will change the way you live for the better. It's not just hyperbole either. This is the real deal. Once you hear what Dr. Rosenberg has to say about how the modern world affects our health and what to do about it, you'll never think of your body, your lifestyle, or your health habits the same way again. I guarantee that when you finish listening to this interview, you'll have several easy things that you can do or change in your life that will have a profound impact on your health today and in years to come. Just a side note, Dr. Rosenberg refers to a number of resources that you can use for a healthy lifestyle. You can find relevant links to those resources in the show notes to this episode on www.ycarp.com. That's www.ykarp.com. So, let's get to it. Here's Dr. Reuven Rosenberg. Hey, Dr. Rosenberg. Uh, how would you describe yourself in terms of the medical field in which you're in? Which you're in? Yeah, well, my, my, my degree is in chiropractic. Mm-hmm. And chiropractic, uh, like the medical field, has uh, postgraduate specialties. So I've taken courses in functional neurology and I'm uh, board certified in clinical nutrition. Uh, the chiropractic program itself is, is very similar to that of a family doctor. And um, we're fully licensed in the States. We work in emergency rooms, emergency care, veterans administration, uh, we're fully integrated, and uh, it's no longer considered an alternative uh, health profession by many. Okay. What, what does that mean by many? That means that there are, there are, there are others who, who define chiropractors differently well, there, too? Well, there are always people who uh, seem to um, uh, have the opinion that, quote-unquote, you're not real doctors. And real to them, I guess, means, I suppose, means uh, medicine and surgery. So, no, we don't do those things. But our our uh, education is is very similar to that of a medical doctor. Uh, we get one course in pharmacology because we don't use prescriptions, but our patients do. And um, and uh, of course, medical doctors re- receive many more courses in pharmacology because they write prescriptions for medications. But we um, learn obviously they don't learn any. Uh, uh, techniques in spinal manipulation, and uh, we we do. Okay, so um, so you're you're trained in 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 um, what I can only describe as like um, traditional Western medicine um, in terms of how the body works and all that kind of thing. Right. Um, but but you focus on um, spinal manipulation. Right. Well, the the, uh, the brain and the spine are the keys to the controlling the whole body. The brain is the master control of the whole body, as uh, stated by Grace Anatomy itself. And even um, Hippocrates himself, who was considered the father of medicine, said, look to the spine for the cause of all disease. Uh-huh. So that's pretty interesting. Okay. But, we, but uh, when we were discussing this um, earlier, you mentioned... That the gut, the microbiome right. in the gut, 
that is the center of a person's health. Well, yeah, that's a very that's a very big topic today. And um, Ali Metznikov was a researcher in, in the early 1900s who was studying longevity, and he found that the two populations with the longest lives, longest the greatest longevity, were in Japan and uh, Bulgaria. And uh, he he zoned in on the fact that both of them, both populations, eat a high amount of fermented food. So, what's a fermented food like? Uh, a pickle? Uh, fermented, fermented food is like a pickle, but not the kind of pickle you buy in a can in the store. Okay. Um, very big now. It's people you can find on YouTube instructions on how to ferment your own <laughs> vegetables at home. Uh, sauerkraut. Um, uh-huh. There's a great book. Um, called The Art of Fer- Fermentation now. I, Sandor Katz. Okay. Sandor Katz is an incredible book on fermentation. You can find lots of videos on YouTube. And what's, what's great about fermentation is that it helps to build the microbiome. The microbiome is a state of your gut flora in your gut and also now finally in your brain, maybe throughout the body. Okay. So there's a tremendous amount of information now springing off Metchnikov's work from over a hundred years ago. That's uh, that's pretty incredible. So so uh, so what happens in the gut affects what happens in the brain. And what Is happens it? in the brain is a two-way highway. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, because um, embryologically, the gut and the brain evolve from the same level of tissue. Uh huh. At some point in our formation, there are three levels of tissue, and these tissue. These tissues contain what's called pluripotent cells, meaning that they have the ability to uh, f- um, form into different tissues in the body. Okay. So um, from this one level comes both the brain and the gut. So they're related from, from the beginning. Now, they obviously differentiate and they migrate to different parts of the body, but they maintain an intimate connection very much so through what's called through the nerve called the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve starts from the brainstem and travels throughout the body, hits just about every possible target you can imagine. Uh, you mean every part, every like every um, organ, and, different parts of anatomy. Wow, yeah. wow. Okay. Uh, so there's a lot of communication between the vag- via the vagus nerve between the gut and the brain. The gut also has its own uh, independent nervous system. Oh. It's called the enteric nervous system. Okay. So it's not only under control by the brain, but <clears throat> the brain's busy doing a lot of things. Yeah. So the gut has its own nervous system, independent of the brain. Connected to both, but independent. Huh. So, uh, so what happens in the gut affects what happens in the rest of the body. Um, so the foods that we eat affect what happens in the gut, right? Is, is that, is that, is that, would that well, be accurate? The foods we affect what happens in the whole body, hopefully. But what happens in the, what, what happens in the brain happens in the gut. What happens in the gut happens in the brain. So what does that mean? That means that um, well, everyone seems to recognize that um, if we become upset, we can develop some type of digestive issue. There's constipation or diarrhea. Uh-huh. We might get upset. And emotional times, maybe somebody dies or we lost our job or whatever it is, uh, whatever the cause might be, or all of the above. 
Right. Um, we also find that we have find uh, uh, changes in digestive function. Right. One way or another. Now, um, so it also goes the other way. Um, the gut contains more uh, flora than we have cells in the body. A healthy gut. Okay. Okay. And these 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 cell these flora are um, crucial in everything from digestion absorption immune function, and you name it. It's such a long list of things that they do. And they, they, we keep researching. The researchers keep finding more and more uh, benefits to them. It's just that, they're, that are astounding. It's like a completely different world that's going on there. Now, also, our gut contains 80% of our immune system and produces 80% of our serotonin. Most people think of serotonin as a brain chemical, and it is except 80% of it's made in the gut. So to keep our gut functioning properly, to keep our, our, as a chiropractor, to keep the spine, the information superhighway in our body, uh, working properly and communicating between the rest of the body back and forth, and the gut in good condition is um, largely what it's all about, is staying healthy. Wow. So... Um uh, so maladies of the brain like Alzheimer's and other things like that, uh, they're caused by issues in the gut or they're affected by issues in the gut? Uh, Not so simple, but it's a f- nobody knows really what causes Alzheimer's. Right. There are lots of theories and lots of working, um, working theories, but nobody really knows definitively what causes it. Right. Um, but a lot of issues can be addressed by by uh, by uh, addressing uh, gut function, assessing gut function and addressing it appropriately. You, um, you mentioned to me a story you mentioned to me a story about a, um, a patient of yours who was diagnosed with schizophrenia. You yes. want to tell that story? Yeah, well we're still in the middle of this. We, we don't have uh, what we call success yet. Okay. However, uh, as a teenage boy with, with uh, diagnosed with schizophrenia, He's on the usual schizophrenic medications to keep him um, calm, I guess. And, and um, I learned something from this experience myself. Um, so a wise man is one who learns from everybody. And uh, the father told me the doctors are not interested in getting to the root of the problem. They're interested in keeping the lid on the pot. So he's bubbling and boiling underneath with this problem. But the drugs keep him sedated enough or calm enough that they essentially are keeping the lid on the pot, so to speak. If it wasn't on the medications, the lid would blow off the pot. And he sometimes he has uh, he's a good boy, but at times he's been scary to his family. He's been a raging, raging anger or whatever, you know. So I'm interested in getting to the root of the problem. So um, the father's been quote unquote everywhere, try quote unquote everything. And they they see that he's he's you know, this in this in this manner. He doesn't really have doesn't really have a life. He yes, he gets up and goes to school and he eats his breakfast and he. But his affect, his personality is just completely dampened. Mm. And they're afraid if the medication wears off, he could turn into a raging, a raging person in the house, and they'd be afraid of. So um, I recommend that a particular lab test. For him, it's a uh, falls under a category of what's called functional lab testing. It's not your usual 
liver enzymes and and which is all fine it's good yeah. to know yeah. blood sugar and all that kind of stuff right uh, urine test this test measures 74 metabolites in the body a metabolite is the end stream junk of your complete metabolism so by looking in the metabolic garbage bag so to speak we know what you've been doing upstream we know we know what's going on upstream so for example in his case he had, a, uh, among other things, a very high bacterial infection. Which and this bacteria, um, we know that we know that because we we on the test we can identify a particular chemical yeah. that we know is produced by this particular bacteria, and this particular chemical uh, blocks the conversion of dopamine into norepinephrine. So he unfortunately has no norepinephrine in the central nervous system. What does norepinephrine do? Norepinephrine is a critical uh, neurotransmitter to, to, to uh, help with normal function in the nervous system. So he's not producing norepinephrine. So first I sent, I sent to the father, you may be surprised, but I'm going to send you to the medical doctor first to get a prescription because I don't write prescriptions for medications. Get him a, a, a course of vancomycin. And um, he took one course. The trouble with this bacteria is it produces what's called spores. And the spores are antibiotic resistant. So he may need several rounds of antibiotics. Now, antibiotics destroy gut flora. So and one round of antibiotics can destroy gut flora permanently unless something's done about it. So I said, first, we're going to sort of take a step back in order to take a step, big step forward, right? So he got one prescription, nothing changed. And for some reason, the medical doctor didn't want to give him the other prescription. So we're kind of sitting there right now, and I'm going to have to uh, prescribe uh, sort of like natural antibiotics for him. Uh, oregano oil is a very strong, um, broad-spectrum antiviral, antibacterial type of thing. So we're in the midst of getting better. But the main thing is that... Before before this test, he didn't really know what was wrong. Now we have a, a concrete evidence that uh, he has a bunch of problems, and this is just one of them. So, so the the biggest question on the tip of my tongue right now is why didn't the doctors do this functional testing? They either don't know about it, or they don't they don't hold by it because they weren't taught this in medical school. They weren't taught in medical school. They were not taught this testing in medical school. Even though it's proven to uh, be able to tell you things that regular testing doesn't doesn't tell you. Yeah, I mean, I've been using this test for twenty years. It's not something brand new. Right. So, so why aren't they taught this? What's what's the resistance? There's some. There's a there's a there's a degree of dog, dogmatism in the profession. Uh huh. Slow adapters. Okay. And dogmatism. Um, that's not to say there are plenty of MDs who right. do use it. Yeah. And they're kind of shunned and reviled by their more orthodox, quote unquote, uh, compatriots. Right. Colleagues. Right. That's that's very sad. It's very sad that there's a that there's 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 a way to diagnose things. Uh, the other, you know, standard methods 
you know, can't, and yet it's being ignored. It's not, it doesn't sound to me like it's, you know, like, uh, waving two dead fish over a person and <laughs> slapping them together and saying, and saying, oh, now you're cured or something like that, right? It, it, it's all based on science and chemistry yeah, yeah. And, and anatomy and physiology. And it, it seems a real shame that just because of maybe the origin of this was not from, you know, a, a standard medical source. Yeah. And we, we find the yeah. results just on 10 milliliters of urine sample. Right. That's all it takes. Yeah. But you're right, it is sad. But it's, it's, yeah. it's um, look at it, there's a growing body of uh, physicians and alternative practitioners, quote unquote, who are using this test for the benefit of the patients. And patients right. are, are benefiting from it. I've been running it on a whole bunch of other people lately. We've been um, well, re- reintroducing it to my practice again after falling off a bit. And. Um, it's every every uh, test reveals something striking but different. You know, every every person's an individual. Everyone has their own individual situation. Right. And um, I run for two teenagers. A man who's been uh, a man who's got like it was just practically everything wrong with him for the last several years. He's been to um, good practitioners. He's been to Chinese medicine practitioners and. This and that. But this test just reveals some really great things. I mean, um, so we're using it to uh, to help humanity. Yeah, it's great. So, so um, you mentioned to me before that uh, that um, antibiotics can uh, destroy gut flora, and gut, mm-hmm. gut flora is, is is very like is vital, critical to the uh, to, to the health of the human body. So, what other things do we do? Uh, in our modern lives that destroy gut flora? Oh boy, that's a great question. Um, probably drinking tap water. Really? Chlorine. Oh. Chlorine's put in the water to kill bugs. So prolonged chronic exposure to drinking tap water, unfiltered tap water. You gave me a glass of water before. Was it filtered? Obviously it's filtered. <laughs> Double filtered. Double filtered, yeah. okay. All right, very good. Yeah. Okay, uh, so 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 chlorine, the chlorine in the tap water could be, yeah. Uh, stress, stress. Who hasn't got plenty of that? Really, uh, lack of sleep, not sleeping properly, not exercising. Walking increases gut flora. Really, I don't remember how. I saw I saw a study, but everything points back to these fundamental things in in, in our in our lives. So basically, the body's meant to move. Motion is life. Life is motion. Right. Right? We don't move all that much. We're sitting all day. Many of us. So, these are my pillars. My pillars are motion, then you need to recharge. So, it's like your phone needs to recharge, you need to recharge your battery. Right. So, you need to rest. Your body needs to rest. Your body's made to move, but then it needs to rest, to recharge. Uh-huh. Then you have to be properly hydrated and eat... The food topic I'm going to leave on the side because it's a raging uh, uh, issue with what to eat, how much to eat, when to eat. But my position is that we're focusing too much on the food issue and not enough on the other aspects of our lifestyle. So if we slept, the average is seven hours a night, beginning primarily at 10.30 p.m. because melatonin begins to rise at this time, preparing us for sleep. And we slept six, seven hours. Seven hours is the, is the standard. 
but it may vary according to the individual. Um, then the melatonin will begin waking us up. All right, so uh, melatonin. Melatonin um, rises at about 10.30 to 11 p.m. and then declines about 4 to 5 a.m. Is that the same for people who have a normal uh, waking, sleeping cycle? Or uh, what about like shift workers and people like that? Shift workers are all messed up. Uh-huh. Melatonin lies. And melatonin doesn't exist by itself. People, this is a Western medical approach to um, to health. It's just people go, oh, well, we'll just take melatonin. But it's not so simple because your melatonin is tied into all kinds of other uh-huh. neurochemicals in the body. Right. Uh, your blood sugar levels, your all kinds of things. So it's not simple. You need an assessment, which is another test that I do. Um, it's testing for neurotransmitters and hormones. So we know the levels, and um, most people go to their regular lab and get a blood draw on a 12-hour fast. Okay. And we'll tell them what they are at whatever, 8 a.m., mm-hmm. something like this. Uh, but that doesn't, that, that's a snapshot, and everyone knows that these uh, neurotransmitters have a uh, cycle during the day. We know what the cycles are, so they rise and they fall during the day. Um, our test gives a... Uh, four samples of, um, of saliva and a second urine of the morning. So that provides all the information you need to know. That, the difference between that and the 12-hour fast and the blood draw is that the, the, the traditional test is a snapshot and this is a video of the whole day. So um, oftentimes, and uh, actually I was a patient before I became a doctor and was subjected to this testing, uh, really helped me a lot. Um, my test at 8 a.m. was normal. And then um, during the day, I rose and fell above and below the normal range. Based upon that uh, information, my doctor was able to prescribe me condi- specific uh, uh, nutrients, diet and supplements, to that exact time of day what I needed. Really? To bring everything back into the normal zone. Wow. And it took me about three months to, to do this. He put me in bed at 10.30 every night. I thought I was being punished. I felt like I was being punished. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Here I am in January's at 10.30. <laughs> yeah, right. Under the cover, like, what am I doing in bed this early? Yeah. But it's really the right time to go to sleep because um, the, the the day starts at sunset. So when, when the sun goes down, that's the when the day really begins. So our job is to go to sleep and uh, to get off the screen. We should be off the screen an hour before going to bed. So if you're going to bed 10.30, it means 9.30, screen shut down. And in addition, I recommend there are software programs you can get that help. um, They they sync up to when the sun goes down and uh, they prevent the blue light coming in from the screen. So the blue light from the screen mimics sunlight, makes the brain think it's daytime. So when you're up one, two in the morning on your screen with lots lots of blue light coming into your eyes, your eyes which are actually a part of your brain embryologically, so the eyes are telling the brain it's daytime, it's sunlight. And when you actually do go to sleep, your sleep will be so poor and you wake up tired and groggy and wondering why you feel so tired. So And it's not just from going to bed at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, it's also from the blue light. It's that and that and that. And when, when you're up late, you'll tend to eat also. 
So the eating on it, it just it's just um, our lifestyle today is a disaster, a recipe for disaster. So because um, disease doesn't happen right away, first we start with dis-ease, dysfunction, dysfunction, which may be asymptomatic, leading to dis-ease, beginning of symptoms, leading to full-blown disease. Okay, and that could take decades. Your body is very resilient. It could take decades. Very little of your nervous system is dedicated to pain. So by the time someone feels pain, they, God forbid, could have a full-blown situation going on. Wow. So so getting back, yeah. just one second, getting back to an original point, our lifestyle, if most of us or all of us adapted a, a habit of... Uh, Getting, getting this, uh, this dimming software for the screen that syncs up to the sunset of shutting down by 9.30, of sleeping by 10.30 and, and getting up six, seven hours later, of uh, drinking, um, this is just a general suggestion, everyone's going to be different, but two to three liters of water a day. And, and the right diet for them, that's, that's individual, that's specific. Uh, we have a lot less disease and, and problem. Don't eat processed foods. Eat foods that help your microbiome. You help your immune system. You help your, your gut function. It's all interconnected. There's so much good that we can do. It's so easy. You would not need so many it medications. It doesn't, doesn't cost anything, right? You just have to decide yeah. that we're going to do it. And you have to yeah. decide... If you want to spend your life looking at a screen, or you want to spend your life actually doing something right. active, right? I heard one person say that if we if we met somebody from a hundred years ago, and we went back to we went back to the future, so to speak, we told them about television, about the internet, about watching other people on TV, they would think, "Well, why do you want to watch other people? Why don't you just do something yourself?" Right. We're going to sit and watch somebody else do something. Right. So I guess it's always been entertainment, and that's, that's part of life. But it has to be control. It has to be you have to get control over that. Leave right. your phone at home sometimes, just and get your kids off the phone as much as possible. I see little kids with just glued to a phone with the white, the blue, blue light coming in. They'll end up getting probably ADD or ADHD medication because they can't pay attention. They'll end up with what's called a text neck because their neck is always in a down position looking at the screen. And um, posture affects posture affects health and health affects posture and it's all connected. So there's so much that we can do that we just we can we need to decide, we need the information, and we need to decide that we, we're gonna do it and, and get control over it. You know, so much of we take we call we call therapy used to be just activities. We have art therapy, horseback riding therapy, uh, forest therapy, you name it. Just go take a walk in the forest. Like, you know, it's just, why is it therapy? It's therapy now only because relative to the way we live, we no longer do these things. So now it becomes a therapy. Right. Yeah. So these are things that we can do to help ourselves. Get your spine adjusted once in a while. If you have a medical problem, you can get tested as hope. Uh, many patients come to me, the doctor tells them they have medicine today, Western medicine is, is great for emergency care and surgery. 
that you definitely want a great surgeon or a great medical doctor to help you. But we have a lot of problems today due to environmental factors, due to lifestyle factors that they really don't have an answer for. So I get a lot of patients coming to me with autoimmune problems, with, you know, all this stuff. I said, first we got to take care of you. First we're going to test you. Take care of your gut. Take care of your brain. Check your lifestyle. And you can do this. It, it, it's attainable. For the most part, it's attainable. So you, you mentioned posture before. I'm just wondering what your thought is about um, standing desks and um, things like that. Yeah, so there's a little controversy right now about it, but uh, that goes with anything today. People overstudy things. and just uh-huh. Everyone knows today, sitting is called the new smoking. Right. Right, that's what they call the new smoking. You get so many patients as a chiropractor, they're sitting all day, they have what's called a head-forward posture, because the neck muscles are designed to, to hold the head up upright, and we're constantly flexing forward. Mm. So chronically over years and hours and hours every day over, over decades of sitting in front of either a book or a computer or whatever, um, the neck muscles become very, very taut, rigid, because they have one job. They want to hold, in the, they want to hold up the head. Right. So all the back muscles attach to the base of the skull and run down to the top of the hips. It's a little more complicated than that, but basically that's what that's what we're talking about now. Okay. Um, so what what's going on in your neck is also going on in your perhaps your low back. Uh-huh. Now sitting sitting all day loads a lot of um, pressure on the discs, and that's their job. However, many of us are chronically dehydrated. The disc is made up mostly of water. So loading the discs, not exercising, not sleeping properly. Not drinking enough water is again a perfect storm for a busted disc with pain shooting down the legs and and, and not sleeping enough is 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 just it's all adds up it, it just keeps pointing all in the same direction. Right. So again, if you do these basic things, you'll be a, a whole lot better off. Amazing. Um, you told me a story a little while ago about a taxi driver who came to you with chronic back pain. Oh, yeah. You want to tell that story? It's. Uh, I thought it was amazing. When I heard this story, I was like, wow. Tell, it's tell so, me it's so simple. He was probably well into his 60s. Yeah. And he's, he suffered from decades of back pain and head and neck, head, headache and neck pain. And um, he came to my office, and I, I just took one look at him. I said, I know exactly what the problem is. Because how can you tell? You just how do you know? I said, you have you you have a thick wallet in your back pocket. He goes, yeah. I go, okay. So sit down, sit down on the wallet, like you just like you sit in the car, and um, I do some of the kinesiological muscle testing on him. And uh, so he sits down, he holds his arm out straight, and I push down on his arm, and it just like flops down. He has no muscle strength. He looks up at me in wonderment. What did you just do? I said, it's just a muscle test. I said, yeah, I said, I wasn't ready. I said, okay, we'll, we'll try it. We'll do it again. It's fine. He sticks his arm out. And this time he begins to use every muscle in his body to stop me. And the arm still falls down. He goes, what's wrong with my arm? He goes, nothing wrong with your arm. You're sitting on your wallet. Huh. Well, he said, what's the connection? What's the connection? I said, I'll show you. Take the wallet out and put it on the side. 
and stick your arm out again. So now he's just sitting flat on his behind. And he sticks his arm again, and I can't push his arm down for all the money in the world. And um, he looks at me again in wonderment and says, what are you doing? He says, it's not what I'm doing. I know how to test you. He says, let's t- take out one credit card from your wallet. So he takes out a credit card. We stick it under his tush, does it again, and the arm again goes down. He goes, you're, you're some kind of, what is this, magic? He goes, no. There's a, uh, the, the, anything that you're sitting on creates an imbalance in your spine. And the brain's very sensitive to reading these imbalances. Your problem is you've been sitting on this thick wallet all these years. He says, why didn't my doctor ever tell me this? Because, because they're not really trained in posture in, in this type of things. They're trained in medicine. And I felt very bad for him because he's been suffering for, I don't know, 30, 40 years, and no one ever told him this. He said, so tell all your taxi friends not to sit on the wallets. And I said, for this alone, this is like million-dollar advice. It's so simple. We want to think. So actually, I showed him, um, I have a model of a spine, and I showed the spine the way it would sit on a table normally, and I stuck his wallet under the spine, I felt like a huge pelvic imbalance, and he saw how this affects the whole spine going up to the neck. And he was just like, you know, kind of sad and shocked and relieved all at the same time. Wow. That's, that's just an incredible story. And ever since you told me that story, I always, uh, I always make sure I put my wallet either in my bag or, you know, next to me in the, in the car because, uh, I can feel the difference. I do a lot of driving, so uh-huh. I would have hated to have had back pain and and uh, and discomfort from such a stupid little thing like that. It's just there's people amazing. don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's people don't know. Okay, so how how does our modern diet um, uh, affect our 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 health? Uh, in general, I know you said that everybody has a diet that's specific for them, but but in in general, what is it that we're doing to ourselves in this modern world uh, in terms of food that um, that affects our? Well, first today, there, there I, I think um, I'm I'm a board certified clinical nutritionist, post post grad uh, degree, and um, look, there there are so many. There are three macronutrients. Okay. Fats, carbs, and proteins. Right. We go through cycles. Well, one is the one is the evil one, and one is the hero. Then the hero becomes the evil one, and the vice versa. It, it's it kind of lends itself to almost like a religious fanaticism, instead of a practical scientific approach. And uh, you know, again, there's too much emphasis on food. But to answer your question, I think today. Unfortunately, even our quote-unquote healthy basic foods have become tainted. And, uh, for example, salmon. Everyone thinks Norway, clean, fresh, pristine. is It's apparently not true. Um, salmon uh, is, unfortunately, maybe the most toxic food out there today. How, how is that possible? Because the majority of it is farm-raised. Right. And they're not raised in natural conditions. They're raised in very, very, uh, in a, in like a stagnant water in a pool. And they're, um, they're susceptible to, to something called sea lice. And in order to 
So when you crowd in animals, fish and animals, livestock, they're more susceptible to disease. It have, it's been shown to happen with people too, in situations like that. So they're more susceptible to disease. And um, in order to kill the sea lice, they need to spray tons of, anti, tons of uh, pesticides in the water and put it in the feed. So um, uh, farm-raised salmon flesh is uh, it's not detectable by taste, but it's detectable by lab report, by lab analysis. And uh, levels of, of the worst possible cancer-causing toxins are very high levels in salmon meat. Wow. That's, that's really scary. I really love salmon. <laughs> <laughs> I love to eat salmon. It's delicious. Yeah. I mean, what's better than a nice piece of salmon? All right. Um, other big fish are like this too. Uh, Nile perch. Mm. So it's not just really good to salmon. Again, you can go on YouTube and there are documentaries that explain this over like the course of right. 45 minutes to an hour. Right. Just how bad it is. You mentioned proteins, carbs, fats, right? How much of all of these do we really need? Is, is there like a magic formula? That's a huge debate today. And, and uh, you have paleo diets and keto diets and Atkins, and it just, it just keeps spinning the wheel round and round. Um, I, I subscribe to a, uh, a, a landmark book written in the late 50s by Dr. Roger Williams, PhD. Okay. It's called, book's called Biochemical Individuality. And when they were studying uh, various nutrient needs in the body, uh, vitamins, minerals, macronutrients, mm. they found um, that for every category possible, there was no, there was no um, standard um, that they could measure because some people might be some people might need more B12 and some people might need more whatever. And, and it's, it's all highly individual. Like each one of us is a unique individual. We have, um, you know, plenty in common, but we're all genetically unique and all, all probably spiritually unique as well. So our nutritional needs are very individual to each one of us. And um, definitely one diet does not fit all. Um, but again, back to my other point. If we were uh, exercising, resting, and hydrating properly, and we uh, did things to, we're doing things to promote our microbiome, then we would have to focus less on food. You can you can more um, you can more quote unquote get away with eating that cheeseburger once in a while, or that that shake, or whatever it is that you really crave or like. It wouldn't be that big of an issue, or the bread. The gluten is a whole other topic that I, I don't subscribe to everyone being gluten intolerant. There's a test. It's called the celiac test. If someone's not celiac positive, they don't have a gluten problem. So people will swear that they become, whatever symptoms they're having subside when they don't eat gluten. And if that's what they think, then that's what they should do. Um, again, food is, uh, dairy is, is, is full of, um, toxins and chemicals today. Um, Israeli cows produce the highest amount of milk per cow in the whole world. And it has to come because they're, they're being um, injected with estrogenizing hormones, which help a cow produce milk. So that's being passed on through the, through the diet chain. And especially in males, it's, it's pretty devastating. 
Um, girls are, boys and girls are, are sexually developing earlier. Uh, males have decreased fertility. And it could be due to environmental, no one really knows, but, uh, but there's kind of like a smoking gun. No one's really made the connection yet, as far as I know. But male fertility is decreased. Um, boys are unfortunately, um, developing breasts. Girls are developing sexually at an earlier age, as, as well as seven or eight having a period. Um, this is from eating dairy? Uh, again, the, the, if the dairy is loaded with estrogenizing hormones, right. it could be, but nobody really knows for sure at this point. Wow. Okay. Plus, en environmental toxins for sure have an effect on the neuroendocrine system and promote this. There were, there were chemicals in our clothing, in our furniture, in our everyday lives, which are called neuroendocrine disruptors. So they throw out of whack the real balance, the, the proper balance of our neuroendocrine system. But at the end of the day, we have to live in this world. I mean, we can't we not, not eat anything. We don't live on farms anymore. Right. We can't, most of us uh, can't grow our own food. I mean, some of us are lucky enough to have gardens and we can, we can plant vegetables. But, you know, but, but seriously, you know, I can't raise a cow in the backyard <laughs> and, you know, and, 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 and goats in the front yard. I mean... You know, what are we supposed to do? I mean, all, all of our food comes from the supermarket, right? Right. So what are we supposed to do? Well, the first thing is not to be, is to be aware and educated about it, but not uh, freak out and be paranoid about everything and go overboard. Yeah. Try to maintain an even keel. There are resources where we can get um, uh, farm-raised, grass-fed beef. There are places we can get, uh, uh, again, dairy and milk. Milk, uh, milk products and dairy from these same type of animals. Uh, it costs more. It may cost more, but the cost of our health is just a. It's, it, that's a, that should be. It's probably the normal cost. Right. Right. Everything else, all the mechanized, industrialized food that we eat, is more of an artificially low cost. Um, again, just you know, do the best that you can. Educate yourself the best that you can. Right. And. Uh, that's the best we can do. Filter your water, go to bed 10.30, <laughs> all those kind of things. Right. Just do the best that you can do yeah. and leave the rest up to up to God. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's really amazing. So, so just, to, just to summarize, we got to go to bed earlier, turn off the screens earlier. We have to uh, watch what we eat, watch what we drink. We have to uh, watch our posture. We've got to move more. Um, the basics, more motion, yeah. more rest, more water. More motion, more rest, more water. If we do that, then we're, then we're ready in better shape. You're in better shape. It's not a solution to everything. Right. But if you just start from that basis, yeah. start from, just ask yourself, how much am I moving? How much am I resting? How much water am I drinking? Yeah. I mean, there's much more to it than that, but just start from there. Because people come to me and they want to know about this, that, and the other thing. I said, are you doing these things first? How, are you, how well are you doing these things first? Start with that. Mm. And then there's plenty more we can talk about. But start from there. Because you have to make it, people have to make themselves a vessel for healing. Right? right? If you're not doing these things, whatever I do with you is going to be limited by your ability to handle the, the, the treatment or the, the improvement. Right. You know? That's amazing.
So, can you just uh, finish off? We're, we're getting close to 10.30 at night. So, so <laughs> it's almost bedtime. So, uh, so, before we close, can you just tell me a bit about uh, your, your center and where people can find you and find information about you and okay. the things that you do and the services you offer? Okay, so I have a, I have a website, www.drrosenberg.net. D-R-R-O-S-E-N-B-E-R-G. .net. U.S. phone number is 516-321-1155. I've got a U.K. phone number. I don't know it off the top of my head. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes of the, this episode. Find it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I'm, on Skype on, uh, uh, I'm on Skype at Dr. Dr. Dot Rosenberg. Dr. Rosenberg at Skype. Okay, uh, and the, the name of your, your center? Oh, the practice is called the Integrative Health Center. Um, there's a Facebook page. Uh, I don't know what it is right now. I just look it up on Facebook, Integrative Health Center, uh, Dr. Rosenberg, and, um, and the website. That's basically it. Okay, and people can find you through there, and they can contact you through those channels uh, and... Make an appointment, come see you. So you can send me, there's an email, there's an email directly on the website. You could fill out a form, I think, and you could definitely send an email. Um, you can call me on the phone. And if I don't answer, I usually don't answer right away. Don't get discouraged, leave a message, and I'll be happy to get back to you. Okay, Dr. Rosenberg, thank you so much. The information that you have given me today is so valuable and, um, and I'm sure lots of people will benefit from it. Uh, and you're putting us all on the road to health in this very toxic modern society that we live in. So thank you very much. Thank you, Yossi, for inviting me. I appreciate it very much. So that was my interview with Dr. Reuven Rosenberg. I enjoyed it very much, and I hope that you got a lot out of it too. Dr. Rosenberg mentioned a number of resources that you can use to improve your health. You can find relevant links to those resources in the show notes to this episode on www.ycarp.com. New episodes of this podcast are published every week. Subscribe to Why Carp Why Not on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. Please rate and share. It helps people to find the podcast so they can enjoy it too. For comments, feedback, sponsorship opportunities, and to submit ideas, contact me at whynot at whycarp.com. That's W-H-Y-N-O-T at Y-K-A-R-P.com or find me on Facebook or Twitter. Intro and outro music by bensound.com and Arokia. You've been listening to Why Carp, Why Not? I'm Yossi Carp. Thanks for listening.